I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Kia ora everyone and welcome to your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast. Um, Liv, how the hell are you? I am good, Lucy, and I'm very proud of the fact that you got through that sentence. <laughs> you almost like looked up bonafide favourite no, It's because P's and B's right now mm. are really hard to say. I've been turning them all into V's. Like, it's like all I can say is... <laughs> you just become German all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, your wisdom. Well, we'll get into this. What? Why Lucy is kind of fucked? <laughs> Why am I a bit fucked? But your wisdom teeth have been such a theme throughout this podcast. Oh my god, they have actually been from the infections mm-hmm. to then getting them out, which feels like it feels like ages ago. Like it doesn't feel like yeah. last week we were in here like normal. No. Like no, like nothing had happened, and then down. oh my god, it's like I've had part of my brain amputated. Actually, <laughs> I went out for dinner with Liv last night. I swear, I don't even remember. No, the dinner. it was so funny. So, as you can probably imagine, usually going out for dinner with Lucy is a very like animated experience. <laughs> There's a lot of energy, like, and we got there, and we were there with like other friends, but Lucy was just like. Sitting at her seat, like fucking like the most relaxed I've ever seen her. And then she starts telling me about like the fact that she's just brought this coloring in book. And and she's just like, because usually Lucy gets bored really easily. She needs to be highly stimulated, but at the moment, any sort of stimulation is enough. So she was just like, I can actually colour for hours because I just don't get bored. And then I was like, what type of colouring impact do you have? And I was like, like, oh, it's one for six-year-olds and it's got all these animals. And I don't know if I'm really high, but I think all of the animals are actually turning into unicorns. Because they all have like a horn on them. But then I don't know if actually... Do elephants have horns? Because maybe it was just tusks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're definitely unicorns. Well, basically, I, I just want to see this so much because same, I can't imagine it anyway. Same. Well, I have seen it. I don't really remember it. So essentially, well, what describes my week is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds mm, because that song's written about drugs. And I was given a lot of, honestly, just Panadine and Tramadol. <laughs> but like... It's fucked with me in a way. Even right now, I was telling Liv before we came on the podcast, I'm just not sharp. And like, I'm... <laughs> it's just... I'm just not sharp. But Liv's getting... drooling I'm just not sharp. And Liv's actually getting her wisdom teeth out on December the 1st. Yeah. So we'll check in to see 
why well, heavens to live? I mean, you probably want guys' hundies on the drugs. Well, I'm just scared if I get any more spacey, what will happen to me? Like, you're sharp as a person. Like, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe it'll put you the other way and you'll become really focused. Yeah, true, actually. And I'll just be, like, hyperactive. <laughs> so um, that's just kind of a big precursor to this podcast. Like, I even feel like I'm talking in slow motion. Like, if... Um, some things don't make sense or we sound a bit weird. I have an excuse. I don't know. <laughs> Liv, me, she should be not done my job well enough. <laughs> What's, what describes your week, Um, What describes my week is things that fly. So I went camping on Friday and it was this beautiful place, kind of like an hour or so out of Auckland. And it was like a wildlife sanctuary with all of like New Zealand's endangered birds. So there were just fucking like birds everywhere, which was so cool. And Liv set all these traps. <laughs> yeah, I set all of these traps and put down all of this poison. And <laughs> now I'm banned for life. But <laughs> no, but one of the main things that flew were the fucking mosquitoes. I'm so bitten. Like all through the night, they we were sleeping in a van and they just came, they were just buzzing around your oh, head. Oh no. So fucking awful. And then on Saturday night, what flew was the fucking time. I was out to like 4am, which is very strange for me. Yeah. And wasn't even that tired. So. Oh, so go girl. winning. Oh my time God. flew. Go Birds girl. flew, mosquitoes flew. I loved that. And I wasn't even that tired. <laughs> Every <laughs> the next day, like, I was fine. I, I didn't sleep fine. for 12 hours, but. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> oh, I love that, Liv. Because she even came out to dinner to the infamous dinner that I can't really remember yeah. on only I don't to even know to see your dad who I didn't who, even fucking talk to no because he invited his friends yes, like so who I like, didn't even know and I had to say to them sorry I'm not my usual self so don't get this impression I hate that when no, you meet people no. for the first time and you're blatantly just there's something off with you yes and then you just want to be like so bad like sorry like sorry for who I am tonight yeah like, it's not like, usual this isn't normal <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, um, the main story of today is Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift and what the fuck's been going on with live mm. touring at the moment. Yeah, and the music industry in general. So we'll get into that. And so You know, it's one of our favourite topics. <laughs> it really is. And don't you worry, Liv will be whatever the word is when you're, like, running the show. <laughs> running the show so i'm not gonna be dragging you backwards through a gorse bush trying to explain this with a fucking circus master what's it called ring master ring master here we go of this whole conversation but first of all something that i don't need to have very much um attention for to talk about (laughs) harry and olivia wilde allegedly are taking a break oh after nearly two years didn't you Nearly two years. Holy yeah, fuck. I know. Yeah. I forget that, like, the movie process is so long. Like, they would have met each other on set so long ago, but it's such a new film yeah. that it feels like. And the fact that 2021 mm. was last year, but it could, it could almost be, be almost two, almost two years, years ago. ago. It's like at the end of Time, hey? Oh my God, How it, it flies. flies. 2021 hot take could be two years ago. If you're listening to this in 2023, then it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what that's like, honestly. Oh, God. Okay, so anyway, this is from People magazine. It's being reported as truth, mm. even though it is sources close to the couple. Ah. But I don't know. The The vibe I'm getting is that it's kind of true. So, so taking a break or... 
broken well, up. Well, you know what taking a break means yeah. in the industry. They don't want to come out and say we've fucking broken up. It was horrific. Literally. Um, so Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are hitting the brakes on their romance, the As It Was singer, 28, and the Don't Worry Darling director, 38, because it's extremely necessary, Liv, to put their ages oh, in there. Always, especially when we've done an episode on age gaps yeah. in Hollywood. Go and listen to that. <laughs> Incredibly necessary. Um, they're taking a break from their relationship after nearly two years together, multiple sources confirm exclusively to people. Mm. And, like, they wouldn't run this, I don't think. People nah. wouldn't run it, I don't think, if they hadn't had multiple people confirm it. I don't think so. So he's still touring and is now going abroad. She is focusing on her kids and her work in L.A. It's a very amicable decision. Um, really weirdly or interestingly, Olivia Wilde was at a show on November 15th. So oh. it's now November. It's now November twenty first. So she what, was just so recently. So do we think this has happened in the last six days? Either in the last six days, or they genuinely are oh, super amicable, amicable, and like she'd promised her kids to to go and see the show, and she didn't want to, you know, make it worse yeah. by not taking the kids. So these celebrity relationships seem exhausting. Like <sighs> the fact that so many celebrities will have a year here, two years there, six months here, like. Fuck that. Like, getting that close with someone, having that... Like, I mean, I guess it's a lot of people in real life do too, but... They don't have it in the public eye. They don't have it in the public eye. Imagine putting up with that scrutiny just for, like, a six-month relationship. Yeah, fuck that. And then feeling like such an egg when you've, like, defended it to the public and defended it and defended it and then... And then you break up. And then you kind of come crawling back to the media and be like, oh, yeah, well, actually, yes, we have broken up. Yeah, then but then the public feel... being like, well, we were right. But it's like, no, it probably had nothing to do with no, you. No, they probably had an amazing six months and yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's obviously not a nice story for them. No. Nice because it'll be interesting to watch what Harry Styles does next. Nice for the drama. Nice for the drama. Nice that Harry is now available. So yes. Lucy could. So when he comes in March. Mm. Free game. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's sad. And also, I like Olivia Wilde, so have yeah. that on the record. Booksmart is one of the best movies ever made. It's very fucking good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, Liv, I've done my heavy lift for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> now I get to sit back and slur my words and relax and be well be the most relaxed you've ever been really be the most relaxed I've ever been as you talk to me about Taylor Swift Ticketmaster and everything that comes into this conversation yeah so as you probably know Taylor Swift is going on tour finally it's been five years since her reputation tour and her fans haven't been able to see her live since then mm. which is wild like the amount of music she has released in that time period. I know. And so because she has released so much fucking music, she can't exactly just do like an album tour like people usually do. So she said that this will be like the eras tour. So all about a journey through her musical eras, which means that even if like the four most recent albums that have come out, like Evermore Folklore, if they're not your vibe, you're still probably going to get a lot of shit from her past. So it's just kind of going to be like almost a greatest 
hits tour, no, I guess. No, that's so cool, though. But how's she going to pick? Because she has, like, hundreds of hundreds. bangers. She is insanely prolific. Like, yeah. I have no clue, would not want to be part Choosing. of that decision. No, I know. Yeah, so, and as you all know, Taylor Swift is very fucking famous. I mean, we talk about her quite a lot on this podcast. Everyone talks about her all the fucking time. She's got a huge fan base, and that means a lot of people want to buy tickets to her show. And do you reckon it's because she's also such a top 40 artist that there's, like, this extreme fan base? Yes. But then also just this really, she's a really accessible artist, so there's this huge amount of people that aren't, like, Swifties, but are, like... I'd like to go and see Taylor Swift because I hear her all the time. Yeah, which is that niche, like, for such a mainstream artist to have such a cult following? It's given, like, I don't know if it's niche. It feels like if someone were to buy tickets to Imagine Dragons or something like that. You know, like, who's... No offence to any, like, hardcore like Imagine, Imagine Dragons has come up before, like, being slandered on this podcast. because <laughs> many Healy... <laughs> Maddie Healy slandered Imagine Dragons. Cause and now Lucy's been like, yeah, I'm going to fucking take that. I'm going to use them as my personality. <laughs> no, Maddie Healy once said, like, if, you're an, if you are an artist making music for the masses and mm-hmm. you're getting on those radio, because they had ages where they couldn't get on the radio. And he was like, yeah. if you're getting on the radio and then you're just singing, oh, whoa, 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 radioactive, like, you actually have a duty to write good lyrics that actually mean shit. It's so fucking true. <laughs> Not many top 40 artists take that responsibility. I know. And, Seriously. And so I think he was just like, since we're not getting played and we actually have meaningful lyrics, what the yeah. fuck are Imagine Dragons yeah. up to? But it's and like, how have they gotten there? Like, yeah, literally, what the fuck? Literally. So back to the Taylor Swift thing, circling back. Yeah. I feel like most people, I mean, there's probably a few hardcore Imagine Dragons fans, but most people that got Imagine Dragons are probably like, I've just heard them on the radio. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that one song, like, yeah. yeah, it could be good. But, like, they're not that emotionally involved. Yeah. And But, like, I feel like that's the same for quite a lot of yeah. top 40 shit. And then you've obviously got your Taylor Swifts and your Harry Styles and yes. Ariana Grande and people that make, yeah, just make a shitload of music. A lot of their stuff is really commercial. Yeah. Um, but it also is good music. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. But... So Taylor Swift has a fuckload of fans yeah. is basically the point of this. <laughs> um, and this whole thing is all to do with Ticketmaster and this niche industry issue that Ticketmaster has like a total monopoly over ticket sales and this has a major ripple effect in the music industry. And Ticketmaster are actually owned by Live Nation Entertainment, which we have talked about a lot, and they're just a music industry giant worth so much money. They are in control of a lot of the events that happen. And the venues and like things like that. Absolutely. A lot of the parts like in the chain of getting yes. a tour together, they own. They control. <laughs> so before we get into this monopoly and like the kind of business side of things, and there's actually some kind of law side of things, um, we are going to go into what has actually happened with the Ticketmaster situation in terms of the Taylor Swift thing and how fans are reacting to this. So what has happened is that there's been a series of issues with people getting tickets through Ticketmaster because there have been so many people trying to get tickets for Taylor Swift's tour. And it means that a lot of fans have missed out on tickets because of all of the shit that's been happening and they are not happy about it and a lot of people are taking to TikTok and there's kind of been a bit of a frenzy about what the fuck, I've been waiting five years to see Taylor Swift and now because of 
Ticketmaster and the fact that so many people are trying to get tickets, I can't fucking see her, which sucks. So basically Ticketmaster has like this process to try and ensure that fans like the most engaged fans get tickets. And this was through their verified fan program, which was meant to weed out bots and people that were buying up tickets to resell, basically. A lot of these fans registered for this program about two weeks before the pre-sale went live. So they were getting sent all of these pre-sale codes. And what was happening was that Ticketmaster was kind of choosing at random who to sell who to send these pre-sale codes to. So a lot of the actual fans, like, it just wasn't a very good system. So a lot of the actual fans, like, their brothers or boyfriends or parents who were also trying to get tickets were the ones getting sent these codes. And the actual fans, a lot of them didn't get sent the codes, even though they have always been buying her merch. They've been supporting her for, like, a decade or whatever it is. So a lot of people just, like, didn't get their code. They weren't able to try and get a ticket and then people were like okay this is all right I'll just go for the general public sale Mm. but then which this is actually unheard of in like the music industry so the pre-sale actually sold out the entire events which shouldn't happen because the pre-sale ticket should only be like kind of a small percentage of the tickets Um, and then they should let everyone kind of have a fair chance at getting the general sale tickets. So people who were like, nah, fuck the pre-sale, it's too much hassle, whatever, I'm going to be smart and I'm going to just like wait for the general tickets to be sold. They then got told, oh, sorry, there's no tickets left. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they sold them out. They said there were inventory issues, Mm. which I think a lot of people are saying they still have tickets, but they don't have the infrastructure to get them to people like they it fucked up so badly that they had to cancel you're right they cancelled the general sale yeah because of inventory issues because obviously their systems are fucked and they weren't just going to go ahead with the same system so still yeah people that were waiting for the general sale can't get tickets yeah exactly so like the system was crashing. Yes. Like people were in queues of two thousand people and just mm-hmm. not moving. And then when they were moving, crashing out. Yeah, and then just losing their spot in line. And you know, people were like so dedicated to this mission that I'm sure a lot of people would have been like crying oh, not getting their tickets. Yes. And did you see how much they were being resold online yeah, for? Fucking like twenty two thousand dollars or something. US. Crazy like that. Yeah. That's so fuck. It's, it is so, so wild. So 3.5 million fans registered for that program, which in itself is insane. And then like half of those people got sent pre-sale codes. And then the remaining 2 million were placed on a waiting list. And so Jesus. obviously this like this is a huge amount of people. Like in fairness to Ticketmaster, it's like how do you – try and cope with that amount of people, like, which it broke every single record in the book. But then also Ticketmaster had the numbers. So they knew Mm. that when that many people sign up, I know that something like 14 million people actually showed up to the site or something like that. But still, when you have 3.5 million people signing up for your pre-sale, you have have the responsibility to to say, okay, no, the pre-sale is being moved because we actually like cannot handle the number Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or to do something. That's something I always think is like, y'all had the numbers. I know they had way more people turn up. For sure. And they sort of blamed it on bots and shit because – on the day, there was 3.5 billion system requests, which caused the app to crash. 
And then would that just have been though? People, um, like all these fourteen million people, refreshing, 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 yeah, refreshing. probably a lot of that, and then maybe some bots and stuff, yeah, which they said they couldn't really do anything about. I don't buy the bot thing for a fucking second from them. That's like Elon Musk crying bot when yeah. he didn't want to buy Twitter. <laughs> yes, fuck yeah, it's always like the scapegoat, isn't it? It's yeah, like, oh well, bots. Like, well, what bots. can we do? <laughs> Oh, it's obviously bots. It's bots relisting them for 22k. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a lot of people were really fucked off because Taylor Swift, like during her reputation tour, she created all of these things where the real fans could get tickets. And that was usually to do with like buying shit. So mm-hmm. like buying merchandise or like following her on Instagram or watching her music videos. But these were stuff that like true fans were probably doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so people were kind of like, why the fuck wasn't it something like this? But then we are going to go into the whole like Taylor Swift capitalism yeah. argument and kind She's of. She's being slapped on the wrist for being the queen capitalist of all fuck. time at the moment. Yeah. I mean, sad to put it all on her, the whole capitalism argument, but her and her team definitely lean in. Yeah. Lean Absol- in. They lean the fuck in and they always have. Yeah. And another issue within this ticket purchasing whole debacle was dynamic pricing. So dynamic pricing is basically like the same as Uber surge charges. Yes. So the more people trying to get an Uber, the more expensive your Uber's going to be. And so with this... Isn't that capitalism in a nutshell? Absolutely. So the more... The people, the more people, yeah, are trying to get tickets. The higher the ticket prices were getting, and so Taylor Swift herself actually has to sign off on this and say, "Yes, I'm happy with dynamic pricing." You may wonder why she would sign off on this because it seems kind of like evil, right? Um, And yeah, it's basically to make sure that she is retaining the money, not people that are going out and buying up all of these like all of like the kind of front row tickets and then selling them for extortionate amounts of money and so like the artist and her team and the people that should be getting paid because it's their thing are losing out on a lot of money because the value of these seats are actually a lot higher than like what people are paying for them um which i mean there's sites for this and like Basically, I can't say all artists these days, but like most artists these days turn on surge pricing or dynamic pricing. Like Harry Styles does it. He did it for New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Like it's that's not a Taylor Swift only problem. It's not a Taylor Swift only problem. It's very much like the music. Yeah, it is. It's a real shame. Like the music industry, like live events are getting so fucking expensive because people value them really highly, especially in a post-COVID world, really wants live music back in their life. And so the value of music has gone up, but it just sucks when it feels like people are like, okay, well, this is what's happening and I'm not going to try to do anything to stop this. I'm just going to make sure that I'm benefiting from this. Which is the way that the industry works and yeah, the individuals shouldn't be blamed for that. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. And when you hear about Ticketmaster and Live Nation and them being basically the only big place you can get tickets. Yeah. It's like very much not an individual problem, but no, it's the individuals it's a, that like it's, it's oh, a problem it's us. of the system. Yeah, that get fucked over by it. Absolutely. So what is Taylor Swift saying about this whole thing? So she kept kind of quiet for a while and then she released this big statement, which I'm gonna read out. Yeah. She said, Well, 
It goes without saying that I'm extremely protective of my fans. We've been doing this for decades together and over the years I've brought so many elements of my career in-house. I've done this specifically to improve the quality of my fans' experience by doing it myself and with my team who care as much about my fans as I do. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties and excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. There are a multitude of reasons why people have had such a hard time trying to get tickets and I'm trying to figure out how the situation can be improved moving forward. I'm not going to make any excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand and we were assured that they could. It's truly amazing that 2.4 million people got tickets but it really pisses me off that a lot of them feel like they went through several bear attacks to get them. And then she goes on to say for those who didn't get tickets like I hope we can be together in the future sort of thing. Like, she is a PR queen. And the way that she words things, like... Seems genuine. It seems so genuine, but you know that it is so... Calculated. Calculated. Because it has to be. Because she couldn't get on there and put a foot or a word wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, we as a society Mm -hmm. wouldn't have let her. Yeah. So it's like, what else did we expect from her, I think? Yeah, it's like this whole thing. Like, Taylor Swift is such a product of the capitalistic music industry that we as a world have created. And And it's a shame because there's actually no other way for her to do her job. No. Like you can't do it outside the system because this is the system. This is the system. And if you do want to make money, which she obviously does, and if you want to be – like Taylor Swift has never made it a secret that she wants to be really fucking successful. And she knows that the way to be successful is through her fans and this insane fandom that she's created – it is, it's it's so interesting and there's so many layers. Because I don't this. know what I've been trying to think as we've been, as we've been talking about mm. this. Like if she wants to be able to tour and wants to be able to pay all her like team, et cetera, mm. et cetera, because her tours are amazing and mm. must be fucking expensive to put on. Like I actually have been trying to think of the alternative. Like you can't sell tickets. She can't sell tickets just through her own website or like give them away or I don't know. Mm. I don't know what the alternative is because of because Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster being like the only people that can Being the giant and then we'll actually go on to see what happens when people have fought against Ticketmaster. Yeah. So that kind of does lead us on into like, okay, why the fuck do Ticketmaster have such a monopoly in this industry? And a monopoly means for everyone that, you know, this word gets thrown around a lot as if we all fucking know what it means. But for a lot of this chat, it relies on the fact that for there to be a good, like, global market, a good economy, you have to have competition so that one person can't just charge whatever the fuck they want for their one thing. It would be like if there was only one fish store in the world. Because there's no one competing against them, this fish store can make their fish a million dollars because people love fish and they're going to go and buy it. So with Ticketmaster, they have a monopoly, which means they're the only ones, essentially, that can sell tickets en masse like this. And because no one is even close to competing with them, and because they've bought up the people that were close to competing with them, there's no one even rival, rivaling, is that the word? Mm-hmm. rivaling them so they can charge whatever the fuck they want because no one else can do what they do. And that is not how a good economy works. And that is why the government's going to get involved because it's their job to protect the free market economy. Absolutely. That was a really good explanation. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so that is basically what has happened. And like Ticketmaster 
before they even got bought up by Live Nation were huge. I think they had like 70% yeah, like fuck. over the ticket sales in the industry. The other 30% was trying to be like indie. Yeah, yeah, it was heaps places. of little tiny indie places that all made up this 30%. So there wasn't even like one place had 30%, they had 70% and like the 30% thing could grow. Like yeah. it wasn't even like that at all. So Basically, it then got bought in 2010 by Live Nation, as we have said. And this is something that a lot of people, like at the time in the industry, they say that it, they didn't want it to happen mm. and they still say that it should have never happened because, as Lucy said before, it created a monopoly that is harmful to the industry and the people wanting to see their favourite musicians. So it's harmful to pretty much like everyone involved, mm. but mainly the people that want to buy tickets. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually took to Twitter to reiterate this whole thing, um, saying a daily reminder that Ticketmaster is a monopoly. Its merger with Live Nation should never have been approved and they need to be reined in. They need to break up. I love it when pop culture comes in Mm. as the like influencer of all of us learning about these it's my favorite yes. way to learn shit it's why we Same. do culture vulture like i'm gonna go into now antitrust laws something i'd never heard of and probably would have never heard of if i didn't do this research so yeah basically there are these laws called antitrust laws to stop unlawful mergers and business practices and the justice department basically has to approve a merger before it happens to make sure that it doesn't break any of these laws and I don't know what these laws are specifically, but it's all around to try and stop people having a monopoly yeah. so they can't charge extortionate amounts of money for, yeah. It's all to make products. sure there's fair competition, like anti-competitiveness mm-hmm. is not capitalism, yeah. which is what they kind of want. They exactly. want there to be successful capitalism. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in 2010, like when this merger happened, the Justice Department approved it, which was over significant opposition from the music industry. But because they approved it, like the condition was that it required Live Nation to sell some parts of its business. And it also told Live Nation that they were no longer to threaten concert venues with losing access to its tours if those venues didn't decide to use Ticketmaster. So, oh. and those terms, that was set in 2010 and that was to last 10 years. And then I think in 2019, something else happened and this was extended till 2025. Okay. So it was kind of like, yes, you can. We know it's going to be problematic. So we're going to make you do these things to kind of try and stop it from becoming a monopoly. But realistically, people find things, people find ways around things. Yeah. Also, we should note, even though I'm, I know we're going to go into um, that. Now they've opened an investigation into mm-hmm. Ticketmaster and what happened with Taylor Swift, etc. They had actually already been investigating yeah. Ticketmaster. Like they hadn't just forgotten about Ticketmaster no. and this whole monopoly before this Taylor Swift thing yeah, happened. Exactly. So yeah, last year in 2021, which could have been two years ago. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> um, five Democratic House representatives sent a letter to the Justice Department, this department that decides you know, whether the merger is okay or not, to look into the Ticketmaster and Live Nation whole thing because they still think that it was an antitrust violation. And the letter claimed that Ticketmaster has strangled competition in live entertainment ticketing and hard and harmed consumers and that it must be revisited. And 
this was actually a good quote from the White House's spokesperson on this matter. This spokeswoman said that Joe Biden was a strong proponent of increasing competition in our economy because capitalism without competition isn't capitalism, it's It's exploitation. exploitation. Mm. Yeah, which really kind of sums up this whole issue in a nutshell. So basically now that this Taylor Swift thing has come about, she's so fucking famous, there's a whole lot of media attention. The Justice Department has reopened this antitrust investigation um, into the owner of Ticketmaster and it's focused on whether or not it has abused its power over the live music industry. So this is going to happen. I don't know what the time frame is, but it's kind of just opened back up. So this is what Live Nation has said about this. So obviously they're going to fucking cover their asses. Um, It says that it takes responsibility under the antitrust laws seriously and does not engage in behaviors that could justify antitrust litigation, which just means looking into, like, the legalities Mm. of it. Um, And it said that the markets for concert promotion and ticketing services are both competitive, which just, like... What really just, just <laughs> that just saying that with nothing to back it up. Yeah. By the way, way, it is competitive, everyone. Just take our word for it. We're in yeah. the industry. We know it's competitive. Take our word like, for no. it. We own all the venues and we are the ticket people. <laughs> Genuinely. So this brought back up, I think it was on TikTok that this kind of um, started, but people started talking about Pearl Jam mm. um, because they have had a run-in with Ticketmaster, and this is back in like the 90s. Like 95 or something. Yeah, 95. So Pearl Jam could see what the fuck was happening with Ticketmaster, and as I said before, like they had 70% of the industry kind of under their thumb. And they were like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. And it just meant that like a lot of people were getting charged, like the Tickets for shows were increasing because Ticketmaster started just charging extortionate rates for its service fees yes. and things like that, which is still happening because it can. So I saw a segment with John Oliver um, like a year ago. I watched it this morning and it was saying that like some shows, the ticket's like $15 or whatever for the show and then the fee is like $16.50. Like the fee is worth more than the ticket. It's wild. So basically before Pearl Jam kicked up a fuss about this, people just weren't talking about it at all. Like this was very much going under the radar and the whole process of how they would make so much money would be that they would inflate service fees as we just talked about. But then they would offer 20% of Ticketmaster's profits for the entire year at a particular location. So say Ticketmaster was selling tickets at a specific venue, Mm -hmm. then they would give back 20% of their profits to that venue to make sure that that relationship was kept and that they weren't allowed to use any other ticketing services. Because this is pre the Live Nation merger. Yeah, and so this could be as much as $500,000 to the venue, like per year. So it's like, in the venue's eyes, it was safe business. It was stable. They were getting paid lots of money. Yeah, Like, you can see how this shit happens. And then so Pearl Jam, like, abandoned all of their tours because they were like, fuck this, this is bullshit. Um, And they were actually asked by the Justice Department that we've just been talking about to file a complaint against Ticketmaster. And this triggered a federal investigation into the alleged monopoly. So... 
back in fucking how many? 95. So am I right in thinking I read that Pearl Jam wanted to keep their tickets like 18 bucks or something mm-hmm. across the board because they knew what it was like to not be able to afford to do things. Mm-hmm. And then so when they kicked up a stink, the venues that they were meant to play at would have been like, well, we get heaps of money from Ticketmaster, so you have to use Ticketmaster or you can't perform here. Yeah, that's exactly and, what happened. And then so, so they didn't get to perform? So they didn't get to perform they abandoned the tour. like anywhere. Oh and God. so like they started performing at like fairgrounds and soccer fields and state parks, like oh these God. really kind yeah. of low-budget venues because that's all they could book because Ticketmaster had such a fucking monopoly yeah, was, over all of these venues. Like how can they say that there's no – that there's competition? Yeah. When – like these, Pearl Jam was one of the biggest rock bands at the time. Like they had a huge audience, and they couldn't fucking book venues to like nah. get people to come and watch them. So basically, what happened was that Pearl Jam kind of lost against Ticketmaster because they just didn't have enough Jesus. like yeah shit. Well, against like, them because the venues cared too much about yeah the relationship with Ticketmaster. Yeah, damn, exactly. So this is all bringing the shit back up. And basically people were saying, like, Taylor Swift, you're, like, one of the only musicians that actually has the power to do something about this. Mm. And so it's going to be interesting to see what she does because, as we kind of touched on before, a lot of people are now being like, Taylor Swift, she's just here to make money. She doesn't Mm -hmm. care about her fans, um, especially in terms of the dynamic pricing. And she created 60 variants of the vinyl for Midnight's, like hiding it under collector's editions and shit like that to be like, this is for the fans. But in reality, she's just creating a shitload of merch because she knows she's going to make a shitload of money. And this is I, this was brewing before she released her mm-hmm. um, tickets. I was seeing this on, on TikTok of people sort of making the Taylor Swift and capitalism like argument, argument. because of... The private jet thing? The, well, the, because of the private jet thing, but then a bunch of celebrities do that. But this was more because of the record, the record mm. thing, and, and the like. Just the insistence on, I feel like a lot of society has moved away from needing to buy heaps of shit. Yeah, and like, there's still an area of the music industry where that is like just still really normal to be wanting your audience to buy heaps of shit. And it's almost like posing it as like, if you don't buy the shit, you obviously aren't that big of a fan of me. Mm. Like, It's like, no, we're just broke, actually. Yeah, we're just fucking broke. And then so people were kind of like, well, now you're just serving the 1%. Like, you're just serving the rich people. Like, if you really cared about your fans, you would do shit to make sure that those people with no fucking money that like rely on listening to your music to feel good like about mm. their lives or whatever can actually come and watch you but it's the whole quitting when you're ahead thing as well it's like wouldn't mm. it be great this is like not possible but wouldn't it be great if you could have something that did verify your fans like through your own website like how we have the newsletter list so yes. we know who's the most engaged part of our audience like if you could have your most like engaged fans and you somehow could put on a concert for free just for them because you were like, well, I don't need to make more money because I already have enough. Yeah, I was going to say something that's got nothing to do with money, but <laughs> realistically it's always going to have something to do with money because it's like whether people can even watch their her YouTube videos is whether they have access yeah. to like a smart device, whether they have access to Wi-Fi. And her team's got to be paid. Yeah, exactly. Like, even to listen to the music, do you, you need to have like a streaming account. Like yeah. all of this shit, right, it's like – it's all so systemic and so intertwined and what has happened with this whole Ticketmaster Taylor Swift thing is just showing how fucked capitalism is getting in the music industry and 
Taylor Swift is very much the product of this industry and that's not her personal fault but she is now in a position of power where she could potentially try to do something. What she has been known to do in the past. Like she with has. Spotify, when she realised it wasn't paying artists, she pulled all her music from it. And then with, like, when with Scooter Braun bought all of her masters, yeah. she re-recorded it. So she it's has not- brought light to these industry issues and now people are like, well, you have the chance to do this again. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what she does. It's like fortunate and unfortunate that because she's the biggest artist in the world, it mm. always falls on her to do something about it. Yeah. But then it's also like she's benefiting off of being the biggest exactly. artist in the world, so it does fall on her. That's the thing. Like it always sucks on an individual level to have that much pressure put on you, which is like so unrealistic in terms of like a normal person, right? But at the end of the day, it is the privileged the privileged people's responsibility to try and do what they can with their privilege. So it's like that she's in the position yeah. to do so. She has the resources to do so. She has a fucking huge team. She could hire whoever the fuck she wants to help her. It will be interesting to see. Yeah, I wonder what she'll do. But is, don't you think it's also buzzy that this is the first time something this huge has happened? Like, I know mm. Taylor Swift is famous. I'm trying to think of someone that this could have possibly happened to, aside from Taylor Swift. Apparently it was like four times the record of the amount of people trying to get tickets. Like, why am I feeling naive and that I didn't realise I know she's a big deal yeah. but like that huge that like not even One Direction in their heyday not even Justin Bieber probably not even BTS like that is huge to, like that is yeah. just a huge idea that she is like this has never fucking happened before which shows how savvy of not just an artist she is but of a businesswoman and yeah. of someone who knows how to create fandoms and like that's not ne- like inherently a bad thing but you do have to be like also you can't, that you can't she's be created bop after bop after bop yeah. and like yeah. worked fucking hard like she has her discography is to be fair huge it's huge and it is good, good. music it's just sometimes it's not all about just having good music is it yeah but I love Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day. But to be fair, when this was happening, I was like, I would happily not go to one of her concerts because I'm yeah. not going to pay $1,000 to I'd go to a concert. never fucking pay $1,000 to, to see anyone. see anyone, yeah. Oh, 1975 at this point <laughs> in my life, I might. If, if you got, if I got front to row them. tickets yes. to say hi to Maddie Healy. Yeah, if I got to fuck Maddie Healy, then yeah. I'll pay $1,000. <laughs> So you're wanting Maddie Healy to be your prostitute. Yeah. So maybe we cut that out. Yeah. Maybe that's just the wisdom teeth talking. Um, Liv, what's on your radar this week, Dal? Obviously not going to see Taylor Swift live because we can't possibly get tickets. Yeah, not going to Taylor Swift live. But someone who I do have tickets to see live, who you also have tickets to see live, King Princess and her Taylor Taylor Swift, Jesus Christ. Her Tiny Desk concert came out the other day on YouTube. She'd done one like an at-home one, but this was the first time she was like, I just fucking love Tiny Desk. Yeah, I like it because artists never sound that good. and then It's all stripped back. And and then it's it's like, like, okay. You're just like us. Yeah, but it's also like you can hear the actual music. Yeah. I like the instrumental shit. Like yeah. It's, yeah, it's cool. Because I always think you must be brave to say yes to a tiny desk and it must humble you. Fuck yeah. Which is, might be a horrible thing to say, but if you can really slay a tiny desk, then you are it. And it's not just about sounding good. It's about like the intimacy yeah. of the performance and like the fact. And you have to awkwardly make chat. Yeah. Like, you can't just do it to a thousand people. It puts them down to like a regular level almost which is really cool loose what is on your radar um on my radar is 
After Sun, which is a movie with Paul Meskel mm. in it, and it's based on um, like someone recreating this holiday that they had with their dad. Um, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but Paul Meskel plays the dad and his daughter's there and it's about this one family holiday and I don't really know what happens in it. No, I really want to see that as well. It got really good reviews yes. at the film festival. People were saying it's like the one movie you have to watch this year. Oh and gosh. like, and he's just and he's great. Oh, he's amazing. And then also a movie called Bones and All, which um, is directed by Luca Guadagnino, who I love, directed Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Really hilariously kind of not um it's a movie about cannibalism and you know how army hammer was in call me by your name yes and, and this is the one with timothy Chalamet Timothy Chalamet well. in it again. yeah it's about cannibalism but like probably in a really gorgeous way considering the director i don't know in a stunning way you cannibalism like you've never seen it before folks <laughs> and saying that i haven't seen it and i'll probably get scared yeah it's Sounds fucking scary. I think I've watched. No, have I watched? I've watched a trailer? a trailer and someone's finger gets bitten off. Oh, and then Jesus. I, because I was expecting like "Call Me by Your Name" two point I'm like, whoa! And then I get on there and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that sounded like Homer. When you oh yeah, that absolutely did sound like Homer. <laughs> um, and on that note, and on that note, like we might love you and leave you, everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our ramblings for another week. Um, come and be a Cisco supporter. Come and read the Culture Vulture newsletter, which you get if you're an annual or if you're an annual or monthly Cisco supporter. And I'm sorry, I just had too much together. No, it was just the pause in between the slip. Like it was just like, just wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. You got earphones on over there. And we shall see you all next week. We will. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.